Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money only on Money FM 89.3. We're going to change up your game at work and future proof you. I am thrilled to welcome into Money and Me two co-authors of a book I can't wait for you to get your hands on. It's called Deep Human and it's by Crystal Lim Langa and Dr. Gregor Lim Langa. Both of them have extensive experience coaching and speaking with individuals across the world on the theme of future proofing their careers. So welcome to both of you. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Thanks Good. for having us. Well, great book, great title. I love it. Oh, Deep Human. Mm. And instinctively you think, okay, what am I comparing myself mm-hmm. with? And then you mm-hmm. think automation and robots. But tell us about the title and what you hope readers would immediately bring to mind. Well, we really feel that nowadays it's so much you know, importance on reconnecting what it means to be truly human. In times of automation, robots taking over, distractions, the skills that separate us. How to empathize with others, how to be really self-aware, communicating with others is ever more important. And also the thing is that everyone's talking about deep tech. Yes. But we really feel that, you know, the answers are going to be about what we as deep humans do with our quintessentially, essentially human skills that are going to separate us from the robots. Yeah, I love all. that you're bringing the conversation back from big data mm-hmm. to what it really means to be human. Mm-hmm. Now, why is this important, though, this focus? It's super important because... We are facing all this volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity in the in the real world today. So it's a situation we all call a VUCA world. Yes. And uh, in our human brains aren't really bred to deal with this sort of complexity and uh, the, all these distractions that are, are just around us in, in this world today. So for us to really thrive, we need to really upgrade our internal operating systems. Just like, you know, you upgrade the mobile, your OS on your phone every like two months. If not, it gets buggy or laggy. But when was the last time we actually paid attention to upgrading our own internal beliefs, our mind? Mindsets, the ways we operate and our skills, for example. Mm. Yeah, we're seeing you know, a rise in anxiety, a rise in disengagement, rise in depression even. These are all the kind of results of feeling so disconnected from the world. So yeah. it's really about reconnecting with your true self and then that leads to thriving at work, greater happiness, greater engagement. I think this is so important. I was just watching a great documentary on Netflix called The Great Hack. Mm -hmm. And it really is about Cambridge Analytica and that company's role in manipulating data Mm -hmm. um, to bringing about election results that were favorable. So Mm -hmm. essentially, they really looked at thousands of data points of people, Mm -hmm. understood what their levers Mm -hmm. were, and then reflected a version of reality back to people so that people would then vote in a way that was consistent with how their levers will push mm-hmm. fear or rage or absolutely anger. you know and I think it's so important that we realize that the overwhelm that we're feeling mm-hmm. is a result of a lot of things around us that we're, we're not even aware of that are taking mm-hmm. away our attention for example the number of times I'm distracted at work because oh, yeah. of my WhatsApp or yeah. the effect social media has totally. on us yeah. as human beings so mm-hmm. I think this is a really important book and uh, Gregor remind me you, you're uh, a psychologist That's right? right so Consult- this is a just something that we're thinking about in a sort of a theoretical way. This no. is based on your Brain observations. Science, years
areas of psychotherapy. Uh, neuroscience research is really fascinating, a deeper understanding of how our brain works, that we have a negativity bias, that we are full of unconscious biases, that we you know, live on autopilot so much of the time, but how we can actually take charge of our mind and thereby take charge of our happiness mm-hmm. and have you know much more engaging relationships. And just as you said, you know, fear and outrage are really powerful levers of our attention. And there's so much of that in the media today because I think, uh, you know, when we were at a Silicon Valley conference, they were mm-hmm. all talking about certain algorithms in social media, really trying to pump up all these stories that create outrage because that's the single thing that gets people to stay on the platforms for longer and feel the sense of like engagement. But what that's actually doing to our emotional, mental well-being and all of that, it's that we are actually become slaves and these corporations are really have become the masters of our own attention. Mm. The good news about books like yours is it reminds people that the power lies with you. And it is a very positive book, would you say? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, we're really hopeful that when people learn these skills and even start practicing just for a few days, they can already see positive change in their lives. The other thing we're really positive on is that lots of people in the workforce today are so worried that machines are going to come and take over our jobs and what's left for me. And then it's easy to get sucked into that kind of pity party, gloom, doom cycle. But for us, we feel that AI is going to liberate us from the mundane, from the mechanistic, from just the robotic task so that we actually have more time Mm. and more joy in our lives to focus on the stuff that, you know, it really makes us human, like connection, mm. building trust in relationships, like using our creativity, using an intuition. And that's the stuff that us humans really, you know, are, are meant to do. Yeah, and thrive yeah. on. Well, great to know. Uh, and to state from the outset, this is not an anti-tech book. I mean, no, you can't turn the tide back, mm-hmm. but there are things that you can do to make life uh, better for yourself mm-hmm. and future-proof yourself at the workplace. Let's mm. start with the fact that most of us actually live in a world where 80% of the people around us are liars. <laughs> so when it comes to self-awareness, you say that 95% of people believe they are self-aware, mm-hmm. but only 12 to 15% of people actually are. Yes. Yeah. Explain this to us. Yeah, it was really fascinating research by Tasha Yurik, who wrote the book Inside. She examined uh, how executives perceive themselves and how they actually come across. And there's a big gap, um, which really means we're not really aware of how others perceive ourselves. So it's about amping up the self-awareness, getting in touch with you know what we're good at, our strengths, but also where we can grow and develop. And I'm sure you've seen those situations where like you have a person making a presentation and they're just, they think that they've got everyone captivated, everyone's falling asleep and everyone's thinking, like, I call oh it the American God. Idol moment. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> or those situations where you've got your friend and she's like, oh yeah, I found this uh, new girlfriend and she's amazing, you've got to meet her and then you meet her and then hello, she's just the same as your past 20 failed relationships but a lot of us have these awareness gaps these blind spots and that's why self-awareness is such a powerful skill to have so that's one of your five tools Mm -hmm. that you say that we can hone and by the way these are skills that we can get better and better at Mm -hmm. yeah totally but it takes some practice Okay, yeah, so, so it's well, self-awareness, where do you start? If you are one of those who, you know, are tone deaf but have no idea and mm-hmm. are singing away in life and uh, work as well, where do you start? 
Well, um, to be better at understanding how others perceive you, it's really yeah. good to get feedback. So simply asking others, hey, you know, when I gave this presentation, how did I do? What was I good at? Where could I improve? What was I not aware of? You know, maybe I was very fidgety and pacing around too much and I'm not actually aware of this. But getting feedback from others can then change how I give the presentation the next time. So feedback is really, really important. And it's actually one of our um, chapters of uh, com- complex communication as well. Yeah. So again, uh, all these soft skills are interrelated. Hmm. And uh, self-awareness is also on a foundation of basic observation. So if your observational skills aren't really good, it's like the sensors are broken. Yep. You can't even detect mm-hmm. how others' facial expressions are when you speak or decode. Like, you know, are they leaning in their body language? Because a lot of us actually lose those basic observation skills because we're so distracted. We're on our mobile phones. We're all zoomed into the small little screen. And we're not zoomed out kind of like picking up data from the world around us, from the people around us, because we're so caught up in our own little like zoomed in reality. So in that first chapter where we talk about focus, we actually talk about training your sensors. So you're going to be able to pick up a lot more information from your entire world. And that's also going to be really important for self-awareness mm. because more data is more power for you. Yeah. yeah. Just think of how many times you spend your life focused on the tiny screen mm. ahead of you yes. mm-hmm. and how much that myopia is cutting off all these signals you need from the wider mm. world yes. about how you're doing. Yeah. So Absolutely. ask yourself, are you open to feedback? Mm. Exactly. And then train yourself when it comes to focus. Yeah. Absolutely. But also sometimes, you know, if we don't get lost on the screens, we might get lost in our internal world. So oh, it's like yes. the anxieties about how I'm actually coming across or our perception that I'm, you know, whatever, I'm boring or I'm really amazing, which also may actually not be aligned with what's really happening. So being able to either zoom in and see what's happening internally in my mind and is that serving me to really connect or zooming out and being aware of what's happening in the relationships to people around me. Great mm-hmm. point. Any practical uh, suggestions for listeners on how they can exercise that muscle of self-awareness? Well, it's really our first chapter as well, like practicing mindfulness and kind of being able to control your focus. So maybe zooming in on how, how I'm feeling emotionally right now, then zooming in what's going on in my mind. And what am I feeling? Me. Yes. What am I how is the body? Am I actually relaxed and open right now? Or am I, you know, maybe being on, on the radio, I'm actually a bit nervous. So I feel like I'm actually clenching my fists a little bit. And then that then can translate to changing how you speak, how you come across, how you stand even. Yeah. So it's like building these little pauses into our everyday life. Like we all have to breathe anyway. We're all breathing, right? But how many of us actually use our breath? Like, for example, I'm going to use my next breath and just simply close my eyes for one breath to reconnect and check in. How am I feeling right now? Am I a little bit nervous because I'm on the radio? How do I need to change my tone of voice or what do I need to come through? So these constant kind of check-ins, building that into our routine are really important. The other thing is that another practical tip in the business world is finding an accountability partner. So, for example, if you want to know if you've got a really difficult project or change management or something, it can be useful to pick somebody who's going to be in the room, who's maybe quite different from you in personality and perspective or age or different in terms of dimensions, um, and say to them like, hey, I would really love for you to observe how I am throughout the course of this project and like, let me know what's working, what's not working, what could I do to be better? Because if you do it after the meeting, mm. a lot of times people just weren't looking out for you. They were just yeah. caught up in their own stuff. So you're not going to get high quality feedback. But if you set somebody up to say, hey, look, 
I really want you to pay attention and I really give you permission to challenge me and let me know how I could be better. People actually feel a sense of like trust, mm -hmm. a sense of connection, and also you're going to be learning a lot more. Skill number two, emotional in focus and mindfulness, self-awareness. Let's talk a little bit about empathy and um, how that is a key super mm -hmm. skill. So uh, yesterday we just spent a whole day talking about empathy, running this workshop, and it's a very essentially human skills because uh, skill because in the world of AI, anything that can be coded and as processes will be done by robots in the future. Which means like it's uh, if you're a doctor, for example, right? All the cutting, the surgery, the diagnosis may be done by robots, but nothing's ever going to replace that feeling of going to a physician who knows you, sees you as a person and can relate to you. So it's that empathy is the foundation for human connection. It's the ability to understand and get another person from their perspective and their point of view. Yeah, and it's really, really powerful. I mean, again, I mentioned earlier, there's so much disengagement, isolation, like the UK is a minister for loneliness today. So it's yes. like, this is the antidote where we can literally sit with another person without the distractions, without looking at our phones, looking them in the eye and just saying, hey, mm. what's important right now for you? What do you want to share? And, and it doesn't have to be anything like stressful or difficult. It's those moments of shared joy of yeah. shared gratitude. It's where we feel really at home with the other person and at home in us being a human being. You yeah. know, you see these days people wrapped up in a world of their own cocooned mm. with the podcast that yes. they're listening mm. to. Yes, they're and plugged in. Yes, and you know, they're not even looking at when they're crossing mm -hmm. the road. Mm. So how do you persuade someone in this hyper-competitive individualized world to have another focus, mm. to step into someone else's shoes? Yeah, actually, I think it's a huge problem for our youth because like they, they grew up, like we see them around camp all plugged in and, uh, you know, the, everything get, gets ordered into me. I order the food. It comes to me. I stay in my dorm and I'm in that little pod. And then... Everything's online. You don't have to interact with people anymore. Yeah, right. exactly. But then when you come into the inverted commas real world, we all have to work with other humans. And it's almost the opposite. Because of globalization, we're now having video conferences with people in Sweden and China, different cultures, and suddenly we're exposed and hyper-connected mm. in the real world. So what happens is that there's this big gap where people go from, oh my God, I've just been like encapsulated in this pot and now I'm supposed to be like hyper-connected and trying to forge a relationship of trust with somebody I have to work uh, from a different country halfway around the world. So that's why empathy is so important because we've never been more connected. And if we really want to survive in a very globalized world, we mm. need to understand how other people who are very different from us experience the world. It's important for things like customer service. It's thing important for things like innovation, being able to put yourself in the shoes of the end user and see how they experience your website. It's important for you know, lawyers to build up relationships or trust or even private bankers. So really in the world of business, this is like a very key skill. Yeah, and leaders who have high empathy are the more successful ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a whole TEDx talk about empathy. This is my pet topic. Awesome. You know, I love talking mm. about empathy. But let's talk a little bit about complex communication. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, we see this dichotomy. People are, you know, hyper-connected mm -hmm. on the web, on Facebook, always mm -hmm. talking, always chatting. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think, I wonder if the skill of just communicating via conversation is mm -hmm. being lost because people don't use the phone they used to anymore. Yes. Yeah. And also I think in Asia and particularly in Singapore, 
example, one extra problem is that we tend to be quite conflict avoidant. Yes. Right? So we might need to have a difficult conversation with mm. somebody. <clears throat> Maybe somebody's violating our boundaries. Maybe there's some need of ours that we, we need to speak our truth. But a lot of us don't. You know, yep. we repress, we suppress, and then it ends up making us miserable and it's not good for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Or we start avoiding the other person instead of just basically speaking your truth and saying, there's this thing that you did two months ago or whatever last week that really impacted me. So it's a really important skill to be able to have those difficult and complex communication conversations because in the world of the future, again, the simple communication, just the dissemination of information or circulating a circular, that doesn't need humans, right? It can be done just like a posting. Mm. But like when you need humans in the workplace, is that okay? We've got a difficult situation. It's very sensitive. We need a human to go in and really use empathy to connect to the other person and say, I hear you. I see you. You are really important to me at the same time. Mm. We need to achieve ABC and here are the constraints X, Y, Z. So it's like that level of complexity that we really need to get accustomed to. So leveling up our communication skills. How do we do that? Yeah. So the first step is emotional literacy. Uh, It's interesting. I often talk about like in NUS when we were teaching a a lot of Singaporeans, we used to do something called a weather check-in. So we would go around and say, everyone, just say one word uh, about your emotional weather or your emotions right now. And uh, to our shock and horror, the two most popular inverted commas emotions were Uh number one, normal, which is not an emotion. (laughs) How do you feel? (laughs) Normal. The second one is even worse, which was uh, like nothing. I feel nothing. (sighs) Oh, okay, so gosh. again, a reflection of little emotional literacy and that little self-awareness. And then if we don't even aware how, how we feel, then it's very hard to connect with somebody else, identify their emotions, and then communicate about maybe upsets in the relationship or challenges that, that you're facing at work. Yeah, so on a practical level, when you walk into a meeting room, you mm. need to be able to identify the people around the table. Are they bored, curious, frustrated, leaning in, disengaged? It's all that data that's mm. going to help you tailor your communication strategy to them. But it all starts with your own emotional awareness of yourself and starting to train yourself to detect more cues than just the words on the surface. But when somebody's talking to you, try to identify how's this person feeling? Like, what is this person's underlying need? Do they need comfort, safety, respect, recognition? There's like a hundred different flavors. And a lot of us get caught up with the words of what the other person's saying, and we don't drop underneath the words and think, this person's trying to tell me something about an underlying emotional need. And if you know how to kind of decode what they're looking for and give it to them, yeah. that's the secret sauce. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, someone I know is very emotional, intelligent, likes to say, and he gets on really well with his partner, mm-hmm. is behind every complaint, Michelle, is a cry for help. Yes. yes. It's oh. like, There's some truth in that as well. Yeah, right? and it's like being able to say like, okay, what support does this person need actually? Yeah, yeah some, sometimes people say something, but that's not actually what they need. So, mm. you, you know, they... Yeah, but also that understanding that we have different communication styles. So yes. maybe one person is, you know, speaks a lot about emotions and thinks that's normal, but maybe another person is not so emotionally expressive. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just a different style. Yes. And rather than waiting for the other person to learn how, your style, mm. you might be waiting a long time. It's like, hey, how can I adapt myself and be more conscious of how they are looking at the world. I mm-hmm. want to talk about burnout because yeah. I think that's a reality oh, yeah. and increasing in mm-hmm. this world that we mm-hmm. work and live in. Mm-hmm. When you mention adaptive resilience as mm-hmm. one of your super skills in mm-hmm. your book, Deep Human, yes. what are you referring to? 
Yeah. So in the world of the future, we are all、uh, recovering from a lot of challenges every day, right? Because we all don't know which way is the right way. Even the top CEOs don't know what's the best business strategy, which direction it is to, to go. So、um, all of us in the workplace, we're trying different. Organizational structures, different ways of working, and many of these fail. Restructuring, try again, different plan, different idea. So that means that we need to be comfortable with failure. Or another way of looking at it is, we need to be comfortable when things don't work out. The way we expect it, and particularly in 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 Singapore, one thing very common is fear of failure.、Mm. We we see people who view failure as shame. Yes. So it's like if I failed at doing something, that means I'm I am a failure. Whereas in some uh, other um, cultures where they're more entrepreneurial, the idea is like, oh, if I fail fast, I actually learn something. So actually, it's a positive thing. It's、mm. like I've gained something new. I've expanded the Boundaries,、uh, and actually, they they get quite、um, you know excited by the idea of trying out many many different things, most of which may not succeed. So I think it's really important for us to destigmatize this、uh, so-called failure, and for leaders、uh, to start talking about, hey, so this week I tried something,、mm. it didn't work out the way I thought. Here's what I learned from it, because we're way too focused on outcomes. So did it work? Yes, great. It didn't work. Bad job. Good job. Bad job. Whereas, you know, we should be really much more focused on the learning. So we tried many different things, but we actually gained a lot of learning because the learning is the real gold. Yep. Break out of the black-white thinking.、Mm-hmm. It's a great book. Thank you for taking listeners on exclusive tour beyond the page, both of you, and congratulations on your book. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we love talking about these topics, and we think anybody would benefit from them. Yeah, the book is Deep Human. Where is it available? It's at Kinokuniya and popular bookstores across the island. Terrific, Krista Lim Langa and Dr. Gregor Lim Langa, my guests today in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.